the teaching tonight is the fruit of the gift of a piercing that the Lord blessed me with, a fruit of Father Ron's teaching of last week, and the fruit of the path. I'm focusing tonight on two scripture passages, which were the scripture passages of Tuesday. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 1 through 9. And by the way, Monica is translating the teaching into Spanish. Everyone has it in English, but our community in Colombia and the others should have it soon. And the second scripture is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 20 to 24. Isaiah is focused on faith, and Matthew is focused on repentance. And I, as we go through the teaching, I want to show you the correlation between faith and repentance. In Isaiah, we read that Aram has allied itself with Ephraim. So the hearts of Ahaz, which is the king, and his people were shaken as the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. God permits this storm to enter into the lives of his nation, Israel, so that their faith can be strengthened. By the way they acted, the condition of their hearts is revealed. So God tells Isaiah to tell his people four things. Now, these four instructions from God the Father to his people through Israel will be the focus of next week's teaching. But the four things God tells them is first, take heed. Second, be quiet. Third, do not fear. And fourth, do not let your hearts be faint. Okay, so we're going to come back to this because those four things are really important. At the end of this scripture passage, God speaks powerful words to us. He says, if you will not believe, surely you shall not be established. Another scripture translation reads, unless your faith is firm, you shall not be firm. So recently, God permitted a sword to pierce my heart so that the condition of my heart could, could be revealed to me. It brought to mind the scripture passage from Luke, Chapter 2, verse 35, when Simeon tells our blessed mother, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. The blessing of our blessed mother's swords provide graces for us to enter and know our deepest thoughts in our hearts. So 
when God permits swords through suffering to pierce our hearts, they're meant to reveal our deepest thoughts. They're meant to reveal the condition of our hearts to ourselves. Father Ron asked us a really important question last week. He said, am I living my victimhood? Am I living my identity as a mother of the cross and missionary of the cross as God's hidden victim of love? He told us that the answer to that question is contained in the way we act and react to the many daily challenges and trials God permits or wills in our lives. The piercing I suffered wounded my heart. And yes, brought me to suffer and intense pain. But the Lord wanted me to do a really good job answering Father Ron's question for myself. The Lord blessed me with that suffering so that I could honestly and truly, without any self-deception, be able to answer that question for myself. I was confronted with the pure pain, but I was also confronted in my own heart with anger, resentment, and discouragement. Father Ron said that these feelings are not from God. So I started to dig deep for days. Honestly, before the Blessed Sacrament, asking God why, where this resentment in my heart was coming from, why, beyond the sorrow, I was angry. And I was finally face to face with the truth of the condition of my own heart. And what the Lord revealed to me is that my faith is still lacking. That all the words he has spoken to me for so many years about victim souls, I have understood intellectually, but I have not lived yet perfectly because I have not believed fully from my heart with a pure heart. The Lord has said to me, you must believe in the power of your hidden ordinary lives united as one to my sacrifice of love as God's hidden force that will renew the face of the earth. And yet the truth, naked before God, was that 
The reason I was frustrated, the reason I was angry, was because I truly didn't have perfect faith in the power of my suffering. We're going to go deeper into that. But I remembered Jesus' words of the mustard seed when he says, because you have little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. God loves me and his mission so much that he desires to make my faith and yours perfect. Our mission in order for Love Crucified's mission to be firm and established, it's going to depend on one thing. As a community, our capacity to believe. The strength of Love Crucified is the strength of each individual member faith. Therefore, my community, each of us have a great responsibility before God. The mission God has entrusted to this community is not contingent only on my faith. My faith is very important because I am your spiritual mother and I do carry the charisma of God and I have a great responsibility before God. And that's why the light that the Lord gave me really, really affected me in a good way. It brought me, the self-knowledge God gave me through this suffering brought me to a profound repentance. And that repentance then brought me to a greater faith. I can't even describe to you the freedom afterwards that I felt. The closest I can describe it to you is both times that I have gone to Lord's friends and came out of the waters. I felt totally renewed, refreshed, free, happy. That's how I felt after the piercing after I fully received the gift of self-knowledge, after I got on my knees and cried and asked God for forgiveness and to grant me the grace of true faith, I felt freedom. And I felt that my faith at that point was strengthened. Therefore, the promises God has made to us, which are great promises, are contingent on our faith, on our believing what he has told us. One of the things he has told us, I'm taking it from your page five, but I'm just going to add it here. It says, believe so that my light can shine through you to penetrate the darkness consuming the world. 
I mean, if you, if we take that one sentence, it's so amazing because God is telling us a bunch of little mustard seeds, ordinary men and women, sinful men and women like each of us are, that if we believe with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength that each and every suffering that God permits in our lives, united to him, is going to penetrate the darkness consuming the world. That's pretty amazing. But only my family if we believe. So here we're faced, we must see the condition, I mean, I'm sorry, the connection between faith and repentance. To grow in faith and reach the spiritual level of living in complete trust and abandonment to God's will, we must be willing to go through the process. What is the process? It's simple. Suffering, receiving the suffering, through suffering, receiving the gift of knowledge, and through knowledge, receiving the gift of the gold of precious repentance. And from there, our faith is perfected. In number 115 from our path, Jesus tells us, your faith is perfected in suffering and trials. I mean, God is telling us straightforward. You want perfect faith? It's going to come through any suffering and trial I will or permit in your life. That's the way it's perfected. If we reject that truth, we reject the grace of growing in faith. The Lord goes on to explain to us in number 115, perfect faith is complete abandonment to my Father's will in all things through your union in me. Therefore, your growth in faith is dependent on the abandonment of your will to me and also on your knowledge of my perfect love for you. We're going to go through this teaching of the Lord's, but I'm going to tell you that the teachings of the path are a lot of nice words until we actually live them through experience. The Lord is saying growth in faith is dependent on the abandonment of your will to me. That means that any time the Lord permits any trial in our life, 
Our faith will be dependent on our ability to abandon ourselves to God's will. And the next thing he tells us it's dependent on is being firm in the knowledge of God's immense love for us. The Lord goes on to tell us, the shedding of layers of attachments to your will, which is self-love, takes place as you begin to trust in my love for you. This is why suffering all your sorrows with me is so beneficial for your soul. Now notice the word even the Lord even uses process. He says because in that process you touch the open wounds of my love for you. So what happens here my family? Does it mean that I don't have faith because I suffered this absolutely not? But it means that the Lord took another layer. I shedded another layer of attachment that he wanted to peel from my heart. Many of us started the path and the Lord began with our personal wounds. That was shedding layers. We've had to go through the shedding layers of all the infections of those wounds. We've had to go through the shedding layers of many of our disordered tendencies. So the Lord continues shedding layers and shedding layers our whole life. Each layer brings us to greater purity of heart so that we can love more perfectly. Then the Lord says, this perfects a soul quickly in abandonment and trust until you come to experience awe. The good and what you perceive as bad as a gift of my love for you, my beautiful family. The day each of us can receive the good and what we think is bad as a gift of love from the Lord, we have grown in great humility and in great faith. Bernie, our beautiful sister, laying in the hospital bed after having heart surgery in a lot of pain and thanking God for this gift, that is faith and abandonment. And with that comes peace, love, and the power of God to move mountains. The last part of that teaching on faith from the Lord, he says, the gift it's a gift of the Holy Spirit of knowing with your mind, heart, and soul 
that the love of God only desires to make of you the new creation you were created to be from the beginning of time. As we are in a storm and we can see in that trial, in that challenge, that God is using it to perfect me, to be the perfect man and woman, then we have grown in great faith. The Lord teaches in the path that faith is perfected in suffering and trials. Why? Because in order to believe, our hearts must be pure. St. Paul tells the Romans, for one believes with the heart and so is justified. So faith, our growth in faith is connected, is connected with the condition of our heart. So that's why the Lord is always, through trials, challenges, and sufferings, is going to take us to see what he wants us to see in our hearts. If you look at number 116 in the path, and this is the section of the path on faith, the Lord mentions the heart seven times. I counted it today. I thought that was amazing. The importance of the heart for faith. We will never, ever be perfected in faith living solely from the intellect. And that's why it's so important, my beautiful, beautiful men, brothers, for you that it's so hard to come down from the intellect into your hearts, it must take place my beautiful missionaries of the cross, because until it does, your faith will still be wishy-washy. This is a big, big, big problem with our men. So that is why we need, and you need, the mothers of the cross to pray a lot for our missionaries of the cross, that they truly can enter their hearts into the school of the heart, which is the path, so that their faith can be solid. They can never be the bronze wall without their faith being of bronze. <laughs> Becoming the bronze wall for our men is dependent on they themselves becoming solid in their faith. And the Lord tells us here, very beautiful, in order to believe in the word of God, your heart must be pure. And he tells us in that same teaching, 116, that two things are required, humility and simplicity. Why? Because unless we've grown in humility and simplicity, when we enter 
the piercings, the trials, the challenges, we will not receive the grace of knowledge. With a hardened heart, we will remain obstinate. And the grace of God will not penetrate. The Holy Spirit will not penetrate that hardened heart because it's obstinate. An obstinate heart is a hardened heart. It's set in its own ways. Humility is required to receive the knowledge of the truth of the condition of our hearts so that we can repent. In number 16, on page 59 of our path, the Lord speaks to us of faith. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you because you can read it and it's in your notes. Again, the Lord tells us here, have perfect faith in the God that loves you. He tells us again what to believe. Believe in your in the power of your hidden ordinary lives lived through me, with me, and in me. One with me, no longer two. Believe. Look at how many times in the path the word believe comes out 122 times. The Lord says, believe in my crucified love, in the power of my crucified gaze to penetrate all darkness. My gaze is upon you. Allow me to heal your wounds and purify all darkness. Again, those words are so important for us tonight on faith. Allow me. We can allow God to purify our hearts or we can reject it. He first says, heal your wounds. A lot of us in this community have allowed God to heal our wounds. But he doesn't just say heal our wounds. He says, heal your wounds and purify all darkness. You see, the piercing God permitted in my heart recently had to go to a deeper darkness that remained in my heart. By allowing the sword to penetrate my heart, by opening my heart in prayer to ask God to reveal to me what is truly in my heart, I allowed him to bring me the knowledge of what he wanted me to see. I'm going to finish here, but next week we're going to go specifically on how to suffer according to those four ways God told Isaiah. God permitted my heart to be pierced as his loving will 
so that I could receive the gift of knowledge. And through knowledge, the gift of the gold of precious repentance. As the light of God revealed to me the, the, the condition of my heart, I was able to see myself through the eyes of God, through my humility, docility, and simplicity, and not through the eyes of my self-deception. Because my brothers and sisters, we all deceive ourselves, all of us. I want to inform all of you that there is not only darkness in my heart, <laughs> but there is darkness in your hearts also. And we can deceive ourselves. And God wants to move through our own self-deception to reveal the truth. This was an immense grace for me and all people. But I understood the importance of humility, simplicity, and docility in order to receive the grace. The condition of our hearts is revealed through suffering. Two types of suffering. The first one, Jesus describes in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 8, verse 18 through 34, through storms. The second, St. Paul describes to us in 2 Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 7 and 8, when St. Paul talks about the thorn in his flesh. The storms are the myriad of daily struggles and challenges in our lives. Yet a storm only lasts for a certain amount of time. It passes by and then the calm is restored. I think we can all relate to that. Many times the Lord is asleep, like he says in the scriptures, during our storms, as he was with the disciples. But this too is part of God's loving will for each of us so that the condition of our hearts can be revealed to us, our lack of faith. And God, Jesus speaks these words in Matthew 8:26 to his disciples. Why are you afraid, O men of little faith? A storm can be a struggle, a fight, an argument between couples, between a husband and a wife, between friends, between family, between co-workers. A storm can be an illness such as Bernie's surgery today, unemployment as some in our community are living. That's a storm. It usually lasts for a certain amount of time and then passes. During the storm, our hearts can feel wounded, as if pierced. And at that moment, when we are feeling wounded, hurt, vulnerable, scared, confused, angry, frustrated, 
discouraged or resentful when we've been shaken by God like he has shaken the Israelites that we read in Isaiah chapter 7. The blessing of the grace of that particular storm is available to us at that moment, my family. There is the grace of God, the blessing. And there comes the moment of the grace of knowledge of the condition of our hearts. Here we are confronted with Father Ron's question. Am I living as a victim of love? The way we live, the way we process reveals the answer for each of us to that question. Real quick before we end tonight, I want to finish describing a thorn in our flesh. A thorn in our flesh is also a suffering that God wills or permits. But unlike the storm which passes, it remains with us. St. Paul asked three times for his thorn to be taken away. But God willed for him to live with it. A thorn can be a spouse. <laughs> and I hear that a lot when, when, I, when I speak. Uh, it can be a husband or wife. Our, a spouse can be a blessing. But many times our spouse is a thorn in our flesh. The thorn in our flesh can be a child as in the case of St. Monica with St. Augustine. An illness such as Lyme disease, which some in our community also suffer. Migraine headaches. A thorn in our side can be a handicap, such as attention deficit disorder, dyslexia, or even mental illness. Something else, Luce, this was not in your notes, so listen carefully. I added this. This is very important. A thorn in our flesh can also be a temptation that God does not take away. It can be a temptation to pornography, a temptation to masturbation, to impurities, the temptation for an alcoholic. That is a thorn in his flesh or her flesh. That is something an alcoholic has to live with the rest of their lives. One drink and they fall again. A drug addict. Notice that St. Paul says that his thorn is from Satan and torments him. Souls that speak to me about their temptations to pornography and masturbation feel terrible torments. But, and I was even thinking, St. Paul, this could have been the thorn in St. Paul's flesh. I'm going to go into this more next week.
But I want to finish by saying, when a soul receives the grace, like St. Paul, to know that God is permitting that temptation for a greater good and sees that temptation as a thorn in his flesh, as God's will, the soul is strengthened in faith. When we know a suffering is God's will, even a temptation, and we abandon ourselves to his will, not to the temptation, because we believe that we have a mission to do good for souls, then we enter the power of God through faith. And I always say, that the Lord is going to permit, and I tell this to the legionaries of Christ, missionaries of the cross, and maybe even mothers of the cross, to struggle with temptations of impurity so that the demons of impurity can be conquered through us in Christ crucified. When you begin to see your temptation in the will of God and that because of the temptation like St. Paul, you enter the power of God to cast demons into hell, then you're able to stand up strong with faith. So I'm going to stop here because it's 10. And I'm going to focus next week more in the how-tos with the sufferings and temptations. So please take the time to, to really ponder, to, to really make this teaching flesh of your flesh. One of my prayers to God for the past few days from my heart has been, my Lord, I can give an anointed teaching only because it's from you, because you really gave me the anointing to see it and to deliver it. But that's not good enough, because I can give you this teaching and I can forget. And I had to beg, and I've been begging the Lord that I never just give you a teaching, but that every teaching God anoints me through the life that he gives me to give you, that it becomes what I live. I ask the Lord that this teaching become flesh of my flesh, that I breathe and live this teaching. And for that to happen, I have to be in a lot of silence. I have to reflect. And I want you all to do the same thing so that our family can be established, rooted firmly in faith, and the power of God through his little mustard seed can change the world. God bless you, my family. Keep our Bernie in your prayers. I thank you for being here tonight. I thank you for being in our community, for saying yes. And I thank God that I'm walking this path with you and you with me.